0: In trouble. Does he have a vintage moment in? And in the end It is caught for the win! Pressure. Pass is picked off. And who is it? Big B.J. Raji for the touchdown!
1: Welcome back to another episode of the Packs What She Said podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Maggie Loney, joined as always by Perry Goldstein and... We've got a fun one. This is the first Pax What She Said playoff episode because the inception of Pax What She Said was shortly after the Super Bowl last year. So that is exciting for our podcast to actually have a playoff game to discuss for the first time. Um, going to do something a little different this week, not the key matchups and you know X factors, things like that. Instead, we're just going to kind of talk about the game holistically because you've probably heard all of the storylines already, but there are... A lot of them. So Perry, Packers-Rams at Lambeau Field Saturday at 3.35 Lambeau time. What are your initial thoughts?
0: Well, I'm very happy it's the first game. I think that bodes really well, both from a fan perspective and from a Packers perspective, right? Like the Rams are coming off a short week. Um, So they have one less practice day. They have to travel from L.A. to Green Bay. Obviously, the Packers have had all the rest time. So like one day isn't going to make a huge difference. But if the Packers happen to advance, then they actually do get an extra day of rest because they don't have to play or practice on Sunday. So I think it's a really nice time slot. Um, I love that it's not the night game. Um, They can just get to the field, get after it again, from a fan perspective, I'm happy that we can just watch, hopefully watch a win. We get to enjoy the rest of the weekend um, and you know, no worries in sight. Uh, I think this is definitely one of the matchups that you and I have talked about a lot in that it's the number one defense, one of the best defenses I would say, and the number one against the number one offense. And I think that's the narrative that we've heard all week is Aaron Rodgers against Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey versus Devonte Adams. But there's so much more to this game than just those key matchups. And I think we'll get into it a little bit. Um, you know, the Rams still don't know who they're starting at quarterback. They're pretty banged up. Uh, it's going to be cold up in green Bay. So it's going to be a great matchup. I think they're the whole weekend has great matchups. Uh, but I think on paper, it is nice to have a team, um, where across the board, I think the Packers match up better uh, than the Rams do against them.
1: Yeah, I mean this this feels like the first time in a long time, and maybe it's recency bias that every playoff game has like a really cool storyline. And you know we're used to the AFC just being like, okay, everything's going to funnel through Foxborough. This year, we have Tom Brady with a new football team going up against Drew Brees, and only one of them obviously can advance, you know, and going into the season. A lot of people might have expected that to be the NFC championship game, so that's really exciting. In the AFC, you have Patrick Mahomes and Baker Mayfield, who had a fantastic game Um, when they were Texas Tech and the Sooners and you know then you have Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson who are two of the best young quarterbacks in the league really mobile so just a lot of fun and then of course obviously we have the Packers Rams number on offense number on defense you have Sean McVay and Matt LaFleur all pros all over the Packers offense all pros on the on the Rams defense so yeah lots of really good stuff so let's let's I guess start with this all pro laden Packers offense and I guess this Ram defense and maybe what are some of the key things that you're looking for how do you think this offense can be successful going up against a really good defense
0: yeah I have a lot of thoughts obviously it's fun to look at these matchups I think the main storyline if you will has been okay we're getting Devontae Adams who's having his all pro season against Jalen Ramsey who's having his all pro season and I can understand the hesitancy To feel like, oh, no matter what, you know, like Devontae is going to smoke him. Um, I think that's possible, right? I think that the way that Jalen Ramsey plays Devontae Adams' release off the line is going to be... Is his greatest skill and is also going to be his greatest skill against a player like Jalen Ramsey. Will they have him shadow him all game? Will he... You know, Jalen does is a boundary corner. Is he going to follow Devonte even if we put Devonte in the slot? These are all questions that we don't know the answers to. We won't know until game day. But I, we've seen Devonte move around the line so much, so I wouldn't be surprised if we put him in the slot. He has a lot of success there. Um, I think that even if. You know, this is one of those matchups where I think it's like, it's a 50, 50, you know, Jalen Ramsey might win 50%, but Devonte Adams will also win 50% of his matchups. You get him one-on-one. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to take a shot. I think the biggest thing to remember, I hope is like just not to feed Devante the ball and not try to force the ball to him when we have so many other weapons that Aaron Rodgers can get, um, get the ball to, I think the one thing that I've been thinking about, like, let's because everybody's worried like what if Devonte Adams is kind of taken out of commission. Well, let's take us back to the 6 games in the Matt LaFleur era where Devonte Adams didn't play. The Packers went 6 and 0. They scored 30 plus points in 5 of those 6 of those games. One of that one the one that they didn't score in, it was 23-22 against the Lions in Monday Night Football in 2019. Um every one of those games provided another player an opportunity to have a huge one Lazard against the Saints Tunyon against the Falcons Jones and Williams if you remember Williams had that amazing end zone touchdown against Kansas City when we didn't have Devonte Adams in last season so I think you know this Packers offense is number one for a reason it's because they spread the ball around and they're very balanced between the pass and the run um, I know that the Rams are very good against any kind of offense, but we learned today that they're bottom of the league against play action. So planning on seeing a lot of that against, against, from this offense. So plan on seeing a lot of play action against this defense, since it's not a strength. Um, I want to see the Packers not give up on the run. I think Aaron Jones and his, you know, dynamic shifty ability to break tackles is going to be really huge against if there's one weakness on this defense, it actually kind of mirrors the Packers, right, is they're inside linebackers. They're not as athletic and speedy like the rest of this team. So get Aaron Jones past, past the defensive front into the middle of the field, um, and he should be able to have a, a nice day running the ball. Um, yeah, just quick release from Aaron Rodgers is the only other thing I'd say. With this front, I imagine they're going to get a lot of pressure always with Aaron Donald, but just blitz in general like pressure against Aaron Rodgers is the way to stop this offense so as long as he gets the ball out quickly and takes his check downs when he needs to uh, I don't see the Packers having any issues on offense on Saturday that was a and lot
1: I, sorry that was a, no that was a lot you were really excited and I really liked it I could just feel the energy and it, it's like playoff mode I'm getting really hyped about it but I mean I think to me one of the keys here is also sustained drives and the Packers have been much better at that in 2020 than they were in 2019 we know kind of they're third down offense was like the Achilles heel and they were just not able to sustain a lot of drives and get to the red zone or the the gold zone. I think that, going to be kind of a key factor too for this offense then on saturday is you have the number two offense in the league on third down conversions against the number three defense in the league in third downs and then you have the number one scoring offense in the red zone the packers obviously have the most points for in the nfl this season they're scoring touchdowns on 80 percent of their trips to the red zone so just a lot of key factors there and you know additionally not turning the ball over and I think kind of those long sustained drives are how the Packers do that. You don't want to give the Rams any of those opportunities to score points and get back into the game. So we talked about this a little bit on Happy Hour earlier in the week. This is a Rams defense that in 5 of their last 7 games has had a defensive four pick sixes and a fumble recovery return for a touchdown and in the two games they didn't have a defensive score they lost it was the Jets and the Seahawks and you know they also lost one of the games that they had a pick six in but that's kind of besides the point um so and that we know that the Packers are also 11 and 0 when they don't turn the ball over I think that ball security is key and you know I don't want to sound overly confident in the Packers offense but I think if they're able to protect the football that's one of the huge keys to success for them
0: Absolutely. You and I talked about this pre show, right? Like, unless there is some major, like, defense shifting play, like a pick six or a fumble for a recovery as long as the Packers don't shoot themselves in the foot, they can beat anyone. We've seen it all season. The only way ways that they've lost is when they beat themselves and they turn the ball over. So I know that ball security is going to be something that they're all preaching to each other um, all week. And it goes for the other side of the ball too. Like we want to win the turnover battle. And we want to force the Rams offense to turn the ball over. And I think in the conditions of which this game will be played and cold and potentially snowy weather Packers team practices in that weather the Rams team obviously doesn't because they're coming from LA and so that ball is going to be slicker the field is going to be slicker there's conditions that they don't have control over or can't prepare for necessarily Um, and it could could bode well for the Packers in the long run.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I think if you look at the injuries that the Rams have on both sides of the ball, they're really tough injuries to play through when it's really cold. You have Jared Goff, who has obviously just had surgery on his throwing thumb, trying to grip a football that might be slicker. There's been talk, you know, about him potentially wearing a glove, when, you know, to keep his hand warmer and help him grip the football better. But even when he was on the bench during the Seattle games, you can see how swollen his thumb still is. So, even though he had a, a pretty nice game. You know, I wrote about it for t TV. I think you kind of just need Jared Goff to be a game manager right now at this point. And if he's able to do that, that's kind of how their offense will work. But then on the flip side of that, you have Aaron Donald, who obviously is dealing with a pretty intense rib injury. And it sounds, of course, like he will be playing on Saturday. I wouldn't expect him to miss this one. But it's going to be really challenging to breathe. And to be constantly getting kind of hands to the chest and trying to play through that rib injury, you know, he could be pretty limited just in what he's able to do or feel at full strength, even though he's superhuman Aaron Donald and will try to play through just about anything.
0: Yeah, and and I I think that there's something to be said for that but again you know these are professionals who will play through anything and you know we're going to see Aaron Donald put 150% of what he has onto the field and he is you know we talk a lot about certain players that are game tilters and people that you plan around and we have two uh in Aaron Rodgers and Devonte Adams and you can argue there are others they have that you know that's Aaron Donald every time that the Rams come to town you know you have to have a preparation for that one singular player. Um, but I think it, it also, you know, you mentioned the, Mc, the Lafleur McVay connection, you know, Matt was a coach there. Um, he was there in 2017 and he's acutely aware of what this team is and what the kind of players that they're facing, you know, what, what the heart and what the strengths are of the players that they're facing. Cause he actually used to coach them. So I think if Matt comes in too with a great game plan, um, it, it gives the Packers a little bit of an edge, and and same for the flip side, I guess, because McVeigh knows Mac, Matt Lafleur, but McVeigh's never been inside the Green Bay. What
1: am I trying to say? I don't know what you're trying to say. I'm
0: it's trying you. to say that Lafleur's been in that house, and Mc but McVeigh hasn't been in the Packers, so there's just a little bit of like a knowledge edge there. That's all.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I put it on Twitter too, and I know that you know when Matt Lafleur was with the Rams, he wasn't the play caller he was just the offensive coordinator and that's kind of why he moved laterally in 2018 to go be with the Titans and still be an offensive coordinator was because Tennessee would give him the opportunity to actually call plays but when he was with the Rams in 2017 that was the league leading offense in points for and now it's kind of funny a couple years later here he is as a head coach of the Green Bay Packers also leading the league in points for and you know Jared Goff had a pretty good season in 2017 but Looking at the players he had, and Cooper Cup is fantastic. Robert Woods is fantastic. He had Brandon Cooks, I believe, at the time as well. But, you know, they didn't have an MVP Aaron Rodgers at their disposal to make that offense run. So I think that's what's going to be so interesting about this matchup. You and I talked about it a little bit pre-show is – we're hearing so much talk about the number one offense against the number one defense, but a lot of this matchup will be decided by how this Rams offense stacks up against the Packers defense. And even, even in the NFL preview uh, for the show, they said, if you really love offense defense, like you're going to be in for a treat when the Packers offense is on the field. And then we're going to see a lot of mediocrity potentially on the other side of the ball. And I, you know, as some People that watch Packers games more closely. I don't know if it's necessarily always fair to call the, the Packers defense mediocre, but they do have their moments of maybe being less than stellar, or being league average compared to that offense. So, I guess, what are some thoughts that you have about how this Packers defense matches up against the Rams?
0: Well, I just think this defense needs to play better than their offense can. And and depending on the quarterback situation, which is such a big, I don't know, at the moment. I mean, like you said, I guess Goff is starting, um, but he's playing with a glove. He just had thumb surgery. You know, they're definitely at a disadvantage, and that's unfortunate. Um, but the Packers defense just needs to keep... Like, stay off, you know, keep keep them off the field um, and and get Bear and Rodgers back on the field. I think quick drives, um, stopping Cam Akers is going to be number one. You know, stop the run, make Jared Goff throw in the cold with a broken thumb. It likely won't go that well um, because that's just how that works when you're throwing hand-thumb is broken. Um, maybe capitalize on some bad throws get a turnover or two. I just think that like the turnover battle is going to be huge in this game. Um and and force some get them off the field. Just just stop stop the run, make him throw and get the offense off the field and give Aaron Rodgers the ball back. Like they don't yeah, have to be okay. perfect. They don't have to be like lights out. You know, it's not like they don't have to they they don't have to do anything except just like Get some three and outs, you know, like give, give the Packers offense the opportunity to go up a score or two and then play the football that you play best, which is when you're up with a lead and you're just playing keep away.
1: Yeah, and that's I wrote that in an article I had for Chisa TV early this week where I said but it's potentially the Packers' best defense is their offense scoring points. And you know we know that this Rams offense has the potential to be really explosive with Cam Akers. He had a fantastic game against Seattle in the Wild round of the playoffs. He kind of was their offense. I think Jared Goff had only 155 yards. He only had nine completions. He just yes, he did have a touchdown, no picks, but. Like I said before, he was just kind of a game manager, and so much of their offense funnels through Cam Akers and his ability to run the football really effectively, which is, you know, in recent weeks, we've seen the Packers' defense look better against the run, but much of that, I think, was because the Packers were always playing with a lead, and it didn't give opposing teams the opportunity to run the football as effectively, and you and I talked about this a little bit pre-show, but the Rams use play action more than any other football team in the NFL. So that's another opportunity for the Packers to kind of be mindful of the fact that, you know, Cam Akers is going to set up their run game and their passing game. So they just have to kind of be cautious when he's on that field.
0: I think the game plan that we had for the Titans and Derrick Henry is exactly what we need to do against the Rams because cam makers, like you just mentioned, he is their offense. And then yes, you have Cooper cup and you have some weapons in the passing game, but nowhere near the level of AJ Brown. So like do what you did against the Titans and you will win, like they, they will win this game um, with like a, I think a fairly simple formula. I know it's not that simple when you're going up against um <laughs> against an actual NFL team, but you know there is something to be said like you said that they use a lot of play action too, etc. like their their offenses are similar in that they come from the same tree. There's a lot of pre-snap motion, there's a lot of things look the same and then they turn into something new, and different that disguise that Matt LaFleur loves. So they're, they're going up against an offense that should be actually pretty familiar to what they go up against in practice. So hopefully there's no trickery. Um, And like I said, we can just, all we need to do is score more points than them.
1: Yeah. And if you don't follow Jacob Morley on Twitter, I highly recommend that you do that. He's one of our colleagues over at the Pack a Day podcast, but I thought he had something really interesting on his Twitter today. He had said that the Rams record when they have starting field position of the 30 or beyond is seven and one. And when the Rams start within their own 30, so within their 29, uh, they're four and five. So basically, if you give them a short field, they will be very successful. And otherwise, they struggled to kind of move the ball and sustain drives. And I think that's kind of what we saw then with that ability to convert on third down. The Rams are, let's see, 12th on third down. So that's not terrible, but they're also 26th on fourth down and 19th in the red zone. So, you know, kind of that ability to score points and keep drives alive. If we see the Packers, like you said, on defense, kind of the key there, three and outs, short short drives give the offense the another opportunity to get the ball back because you know we've seen from this packers offense they score just about time just about every time they touch the football and going up against the number 1 defense i don't think that that is necessarily sustainable so more opportunities for aaron rodgers the better in case not all of yeah. them
0: are hits time of possession is going to be i think huge also in this game you know like this offense they they have some. They have some big plays. Like we've seen the Packers score within a minute, right? Big shot play to MVS or a breakout run by Aaron Jones. You know, I think like long sustained drives, tire this defense out, get them tired in the cold, make them stay on the field as long as possible, um, is going to be huge. Also, uh, and I, I think too, I, I don't want to be. You know, we're so used to this Packers team scoring thirty plus at almost every single game. You know that might not happen, and that's okay. Um, you know, we might see some punts and some field goals. Uh, there shouldn't be any freak out there uh, over over that. But as long as, like you said, they keep getting opportunities to score, eventually this team will make it into the red zone.
1: Yeah. So I want to talk about this because it's something that I don't think we've really had the opportunity to discuss yet all year, and that is the Packers having about 9,000 fans in the stands at Lambeau field for this game on Saturday. And, you know, you talked about sustained drives for this offense and getting the defense gassed. And it got me immediately thinking about Aaron Ross, the defense, with 12 men, you know, the potential for his cadence and offsides. And what we're adding now is when the Rams offense is on the field, there's, there's going to be 9,000 people there. And, you know, assuming it'll be all Packers fans because they weren't able to resell any tickets that this Rams offense has to deal with. So I think that just kind of adds a really unique dynamic as if mother nature in 20 degree weather wasn't going to be enough of an advantage for the team already on Saturday.
0: Yeah, that's huge. And the players have talked about what it means to have fans in the stands all season, how much they miss them, how much they love that juice and that motivation. Aaron Rodgers had a really great quote we, recently about momentum Um, I think it was Nagler who asked him about, you know, what momentum means for the team and um, how everyone talks about that, especially in the playoffs as a big driver. And he mentioned the fans. He talked about how the fans and the cheering on, you know, the opposing team's third downs and the quiet when they're on the field, that really changes things. You know, when you hear the stadium shaking, that gives them that extra juice and they've had to find that themselves on the sidelines all season because there haven't been fans in the stands. So if they can have their own internal juice <laughs> as as Aaron Rodgers would put it and also get that extra that extra love and motivation from the fans in the stands it's it's going to be really special I think regardless especially because it's the first game with more than a thousand all season, like they're gonna feel the love. Um, and it's not like they're going to an away stadium, like they're home. Every fan in that stand in the 30 degree weather or 20 degree weather is going to be a Packers fan, and they're not gonna be cheering for the Rams. So it just adds a light, uh, an extra level of you know, things in favor for the Packers,
1: yeah. And I think one thing. And I think it's more kind of from a fan perspective. I don't think football teams look ahead too much, especially when Matt LaFleur every week talks about going 1-0 and beating the team in front of you. But, you know, this is one of those things that when we talk about Aaron Rodgers having the opportunity to play at home in an NFC Championship game, like it's really exciting now that there could be 9,000 people there that can actually come to the game because that's one of the things we talked about in the beginning of the season was, Hey, there's no fans allowed at Lambeau field. And this could be the year that the Packers actually host a championship game and nobody's there to see it. So I think that everything is kind of culminating into what this Packers team wants. And I really liked Zedarius Smith and Preston Smith had their joint interview today and they asked them like, what was different or what do you need to do this year that you didn't do last year? And Zedarius Smith just said, finish. And I think that that's exactly what this team needs is they know how close they are. And, you know, they were the number two seed last year. Obviously, they had that bye, but they knew what it felt like to have to travel on a short week to the West Coast. And now you have the opportunity for a Florida or you know Mm -hmm. Louisiana team to come up here and be playing in. The the early forecast for two weeks from now is negative ten degrees, and that very likely could change. But it is going to be exceptionally cold in Green Bay, and you're going to have forty three year olds coming up to play in that potentially.
0: I do I do like something that you said, and I've been thinking about this all week, which is like this idea of going one and oh And I love and and it Matt Lafleur I think gets some some stuff about it because it's very cliche and it's very coach speak, but I think there actually is something to be said for having that mindset, especially in the playoffs. Like you have to go one and oh, it's one and done. It's win or go home. There is no looking ahead. There's no, Oh, if we lose there's next week, there is only this week. And I think that to have that mindset from always, like that's how you're always preparing every week. It, I like that mentality. Um, and I like that. Yes, they, I'm sure are thinking about bigger and better things, but they're also saying the only way to get to those bigger and better things and the ultimate goal is to just win this weekend. Like that is the next step to reaching our ultimate goal. And so I, I hope that from like a mentality perspective going into this game, they're gonna be juiced up because like this is just the the latest obstacle to that Lombardi trophy.
1: Yeah. And we had talked about this on previous episodes as well. But, you know, the Packers, after their loss in overtime to the Colts, are on a six-game winning streak, right? And now they enter the playoffs where it's one and done. And so, you know, that mentality of having to be one and out, to get to the Super Bowl, they will potentially be on an eight-game winning streak. And it's hard to win consecutively consecutively in this league. So I think that kind of that one and oh mindset is really working in Matt LaFleur's advantage in this team because they understand that yes, to get to the big picture, you have to achieve the small goals, but you can't approach it as something bigger than itself. So winning the divisional round is the goal this week. And then if you do that, your next goal becomes winning the NFC championship game, you know, that you've got to host at Lambeau Field because you achieved all of your little goals in the meantime.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I, I just, I love that that mindset, they they feel ready. It feels different this year. I think that, you know, and, and Roger said it in one of his pressers this week, right? Like the offense, the team was 13 and three and the team made it to the NFC championship game last season. But this offense is so much more efficient and this offense runs way smoother and they all feel so much more comfortable in what they're doing and confident in that sort of winning mentality state. There's no, no one's talking about ugly wins this season, Nobody's talking about oh it was a one score game it could have gone this way if for one call like the Packers have won a lot of games handedly and they've earned the respect that I think a one seed deserves and I think sometimes it's hard to wrap your mind around this and you talked about this on happy hour and it's so true like t other teams are also going oh shoot we need <laughs> to go up to Lambo and play the Packers you know like there's we we focus on the Packers opponent, and we think about potentially what are the ways they can win? What are the ways they can lose? But at the end of the day, the Packers are the one seed because they're the best team in the NFC. And now this team, the sixth seed, has to come up to Lambeau, and they have to face this number one offense. And this defense that has faced, let's be honest, not the best teams. Like The Seahawks are up there, and yes, they did beat the Seahawks in the playoffs, but they've also, if you look at their, their strength of schedule, like they've beaten up some not great teams. And again, like they just have to play who's on their schedule and that's fine. But now their test, their big test is, can we go and beat the number one Packers offense? Um, and we'll see if they can, hopefully they can't.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, I think, you know, we've just talked about there's so much that has culminated in the last six or so weeks. And I think that that loss was kind of a springboard for the Packers. And we talked about it at the time, thinking about how interesting it was that the Packers beat the Jaguars and, you know, it felt like they lost that game. Like their interviews were so negative. And then they took the Colts to overtime and the theme in the locker room was like, Hey, look, this is going to be a playoff team. And we took them down to the wire. And if we just clean up a couple things, we'll be back to where we need to be. And now they're on a six game winning streak. And in that article I wrote for cheese at TV, you know, in the first 10 weeks of the season, the Packers defense had nine turnovers. And now in these last six games, they also have nine turnovers and you know if you look at their run defense the run defense hasn't improved like dramatically in the first 10 weeks they were giving up 113 yards a game and in the last six weeks they're giving up 111 yards a game but so much of this now is like you said it's garbage time and it's teams having to play from behind because the packers are being so efficient on offense i mean 80 percent touchdown success in the red zone is almost unheard of i think it's like a league record or just something, you know, kind of exceptional that doesn't often happen. So we're seeing a team that is probably, and we've talked about this before with cautious optimism, one of the most complete Packer teams that we've been able to watch in a very long time.
0: Yeah. And the defense is peaking right at the moment where we need them to, they've played there. A, they are a completely different defense in the second half of the season than we have, than we saw in the first half of the season. Great. That this is exactly when we need, uh, we need that. I actually have a question for you. I think before we wrap up the show, because okay. it was posed to me, I was on the Wisco sports show, um, with Grant and Grant asked me, who do you think if there is, if you think there is one, if there's going to be a player like, uh, you know, in the 2010 run, I think was when we saw Jordy and Terman Williams kind of break out into the players that we now remember them to be, but they weren't really household names at the time. And I think the Super Bowl is what really like sprung Jordy on to be the sort of number one for the next couple of years until until he unfortunately left us. Um, so like, is there a player? And I don't know if there is one because we've seen a couple of young guys like really come into their own in the regular season. But like, is there a player in your eyes that? is maybe poised to have a breakout postseason.
1: I don't know if we can call it a breakout, but I just feel really good about Adrian Amos and the way that he's playing. And I think even seeing him kind of come into the box a little bit more against this Rams offense, like, you know, there's so many players to pick, right? Like, I remember watching highlights from Jalen Ramsey and he was like, oh, no wonder I don't get interceptions because they don't throw me the ball. And I feel that way about Jair Alexander. And we've talked about this, where there's just so many players On this defense, I wanted to say Rashawn Gary. Like, it's kind of exciting for the first time to think about all these different names that actually could be the player. Darnell Savage is having such an exceptional kind of second half of the season. So who did you say uh, for your answer?
0: I said Darnell, um, but I, I had it with a caveat that he's obviously already on his way. You know, he's he's had that kind of second half of the season. But I also think, you know, we pay very close attention. Um, and if you know, I don't think Darnell is a is a household name per se, but if he keeps ball hawking like he has in the second half of the season, he gets a pick, you know, in the postseason. I feel like that is really like the the performance that we're looking for. Um, I think that we we could be ready to see Jair finally have one of those moments. And I say that because. At some point, quarterbacks are going to have to start throwing at him because he's going to be covering a receiver that they want to get the ball to, and it's the playoffs. You know, like you you start taking bigger risks in the playoffs because the stakes are higher. And so at some point, a quarterback is going to have to throw his way or try to force a ball his way if they see a play breakdown, and Jair is going to capitalize on it. I think that at some point, it is going to happen. Is it going to be Jared Goff trying to get the ball to Cooper Cup this weekend? I don't know. Um, Is it going to be, you know, whoever the Packers potentially may play in the next game? Um, You know, if we go up against another powerhouse offense that we might see, is that quarterback going to just decide I'm going to take the risk because I trust my guy more than I think Jair can make a play on this ball? I don't know. But I, I just think in the playoffs when you're going up against at the end of the day, the best of the best that's left, they they can't ignore Jair Alexander anymore. They're going to have to throw the ball to his side of the field, and they may end up regretting it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So really quick before we wrap this up, let's do score predictions for the Packers-Rams game. And then you don't have to give a score, but who do you think, if you have the Packers winning, will be coming to Lambeau Field for the NFC Championship game? So score for the game.
0: I'm going 28-21. Uh, I, I, like the line at six and a half when it came out, I thought it was okay. I, I, always like it closer. I don't love when the Packers are like super mega favorites, but, um, I do think that they win. It'll be closer than we want it to, uh, as fans, but I, I, I do see the Packers pulling this out. Um, not scoring 30 points though, against this defense if they do great, but so 28, 21, um, I've been debating a lot with various people about who I think is going to win in the Saints-Bucks game. I think at the end of the day, it's going to be the Bucks. And I say this because I think Tom Brady is playing better than Drew Brees is right now. And their teams are pretty evenly matched from their defenses to their offenses. I think you can make a case for either. At the end of the day, Brady's playing better ball. And I think he's going to end up winning out.
1: I think that's a really good way to put it. You know, if you just go down to quarterback play, absolutely, it's Tom Brady. Um, I love that you said 28 21 because my score is 27 21. I think that the Packers uh, will win. I think it'll be a one score game. Um, I kind of get the sense that this is a Packers team that'll go up early and then it'll maybe end closer than we want it to. Maybe something like. 27-14 and then it all of a sudden becomes 27-21. This is not a Rams team that is really capable of playing well from behind. That's something I've noticed from their games this season. So if the Packers can get up a couple points, I think that'll kind of seal it for them. Um, but I'm I'm taking the Saints, actually. And I don't necessarily know why I am. I just think <laughs> that maybe this is the uh this is the year that they put it all together, but Hearing you say what you said about Tom Brees, Tom Breeze, Tom Brady, and Drew <laughs> Brees makes me feel a little bit better about Drew Brees coming to Lambeau Field because he just right. Has
0: well, not there's who I want and good. who I think is going to win, and right. who I want, of course, is the Saints because there's no way vanilla pudding arm Drew Brees can throw in a negative ten degree weather, and I don't want to see Tom Brady. I, I just don't want to see Tom Brady again. But I think at the end of the day, the Bucks are just playing better than the Saints are right now. Yeah.
1: And I think that's what's so interesting too, is unless it is a Rams Saints game, whatever the NFC championship game is, will be a repeat of something that we saw earlier in the season. So, you know, fingers crossed, obviously. um, But I guess this week, all that we need to do first is have the Packers beat the Rams. So Perry, where can all the people listening
0: find you on social media? just follow me on twitter at perry underscore goldstein you can follow the podcast at pwss podcast uh all the work that i do is on twitter you can find it all there and uh follow along on various other sites and maggie what about you You can find me on Twitter at Maggie J.
1: Loney. Uh, We do still have our Packs What She Said t-shirt giveaway happening on the Twitter account. So if you listen to this before the game, which I don't know why you'd listen to it after the game, make sure that you enter. Uh, The winner will be announced right before kickoff. So thank you, as always, for listening to the Packs What She Said podcast. Go Pack Go! Go Pack Go!